Before we get started, my friends, check out the two links I have in this post. First up, Crayola. Yes, the crayon folks. Check out all the neat things Crayola is having going on, on their website. They've got some specials. they got some activities. It's a great website. Check out Crayola in the link below. And then, of course, for all of your social media posting needs, check out socialbee.io. Sign up for the 14-day free trial and just see how easy it is to manage your social media with Social B. All right, my friends, I think we're ready to get started on this week's Saturday Report. Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Coach Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur multipass. And welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital only radio station that plays today's best music, old school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talk and music shows throughout the day, all we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. And uh, I want you, my friends, to be part of the conversation. I want you to find me on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, on the Cameo, on the Counter Social, at Colt S. Taylor, at all those places. Uh, you can catch the podcast version of the show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And then occasionally, live on Twitch, as I record this, at twitch.tv slash Taylor. All right, my friends. Let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, my friends, the mail. That's right, getting mail. I actually love getting mail. I love to send mail. I love to send postcards. If you would like a postcard from me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, then find me on one of my many different social media channels and let me know, and I will send you one. Uh, terms and conditions apply. The terms being, if I get, like, hundreds of requests, I will run out of stamps. But the first 20 people who do, I will send you a postcard uh, from me to you. Anyways, listen, mail times, you know, sometimes mail comes quickly. Sometimes mail does not. Here in the United States, for quite a long time, the general um, standard was two days Two to three days, first-class mail. Regardless of if you're sending it from East Coast to West Coast or across the street, two days was the amount of time they aimed for. That has changed a bit now because, well, a variety of reasons, both legitimate and not legitimate. Now it depends on where you are is how long it takes to get there. It could take two days for across the street, but, you know, maybe five or more for across the country. Needless to say, sometimes things get there quickly, and sometimes things do not. If it's late, maybe it's like a few days, maybe it's a few weeks. Uh, how about a letter that is 107 years late? Yes, that's right, my friends. In the United Kingdom, uh, a letter sent in February 1916 arrived at an address on Hamlet Road in South London, much to the bewilderment, according to this article, of the current occupants. Uh, according to Finlay Glenn, uh, said uh, to CNN, we noticed that the year on it was 16, so we thought it was 2016. Then we noticed the stamp on it was a, was a king rather than a queen, 
So we felt that it couldn't have been in 2016. And boy, howdy, boy, howdy, was he right? Um, it was from 1916. It had a one pence, one pence, one pence stamp of, uh, was uh, King George V. That's right, King George V, who was the uh, king, the king of the United Kingdom from um, um, from uh, 1910 to 1936, of which after he passed away, his son was uh, king for about a year-ish, less than a year, abdicated, then his other younger son became king into the 50s, and then Queen Elizabeth after that. So this is Queen Elizabeth's, the former Queen Elizabeth II's great, not great, her grandfather was king at the time over a hundred years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, it is illegal to open the mail that's not yours. However, they did open it uh, because uh, it's over a hundred years old. The person is being sent to, probably not alive, probably not alive. Uh, he is, uh, it's unlikely he is to be charged with the crime. Uh, the land is pre-inoculous. Uh, he took it to a uh, historian nearby. It was addressed to someone named Katie, uh, saying that um, I've been most miserable here with a very heavy cold, uh, basically talking about the weather. Um, the uh, person who uh, it arrived to, uh, if it's very historical, he will give it to the Historical Association. If it's just some sort of random old letter, he said he would like it back as a fun little uh, keepsake or whatnot. Um, but anyways, the real question is, how did the letter get here that was over 100 years old? Well, it actually isn't as uncommon as you think. It does occasionally happen. Um, the Royal Mail did not have any sort of um, statement about this, but experts say that uh, this is probably got stuck behind a cabinet at a sorting room in London. Uh, maybe they're cleaning up, they move about, someone fed the letter, put it in the system, and then it finally got delivered. Uh, happens occasionally in the United States where a letter that's decades and decades old gets discovered and then goes through the system and then gets... Uh, gets uh, gets delivered and whatnot. So, um, yeah, yeah, it is a very strange thing that had arrived there, but uh, it seems to be legitimate. Now, occasionally people will fake these letters because, obviously, not for the letters, but the stamps are very valuable. People collect old stamps. A hundred-year-old stamp is very valuable. But they're being examined, and this does seem to be a legitimate letter. So, fun little thing in London, a random 100-year-old letter showing up. Usually the plot hook to some mystery movie, but for this, just the Royal Mail finally delivering a letter over 100 years later. We now go to celebrity news. Uh, Bam Margera's wife, Nicole, has filed for divorce. Uh, apparently... Uh, filing it this week. They've been separated since 2021. Uh, they were married in 2013. Uh, she filed in Los Angeles County Superior Court on Tuesday, seeking legal and physical custody of their five-year-old son, Phoenix, citing Ill, Ill, irreconcilable differences, apparently. Uh, she's seeking sole custody of uh, their son, uh, asking to grant the court 
visitation rights as long as they are at his his expense and occur in Los Angeles County. Now, Bam Margera of Jackass fame has had a um, has quite a few recent uh, legal problems, addiction issues, mental health issues. Uh, he was kind of kicked off the last Jackass movie. Had a few bits in there, but really wasn't in that movie because he couldn't quite stay sober. Uh, many of the other jackass fellas are a wee bit worried about him, including Steve-O, who had his own stint with uh, Problem Staying Sober, who is uh, really rebounding and has, is living a pretty healthy life and whatnot. All of them are uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, um, uh, pretty, uh, uh, pretty worried about him, I guess you'd say. Um, he also had a feud with the late Priscilla Presley, apparently, and, um, uh, no, not, not Priscilla, no, Priscilla, did she, no, think of the other Presley, Lisa Marie Presley, this one's still alive, uh, had a feud with Priscilla Presley, uh, apparently a week ago, they made headlines when he posted videos of them together on social media, uh, now she said the version behind the meeting is that, uh, it was alleged that she had gifted him a ring and a robe that belonged to the late... King of Rock and Roll, Elvis. According to a statement, she said, I always welcome fans to take photos with me when they ask. I love and appreciate them. Bam Margera has betrayed both myself and my son. When I when I was asked by my son to have a new friend come over to visit, I had no idea who he was or that later he would choose to post photos and false stories. He came over, talked almost nonstop about his new ventures and personal struggles, and asked for a photo with me for his father, who is a big fan, unbeknownst to us at the time, Bam chose to circulate those photos, accompanied by false information and storytelling. At no time did I, did the visit I give him anything of Elvis Elvis's. I still have everything he ever touched. I would never disrespect Elvis, who is the love of my life, by giving away anything that belongs to him. I've always protected them for the fans. So, they basically got into a... Uh, a fight, and then his, her son said he wanted no further communication with Bam and called him a dishonest and unstable individual, which uh, I think a lot of people would probably agree with that. Uh, according to his mother, though, he is being helped for mental health issues and whatnot. He, listen, he, he has uh, his good friend Ryan Dunn, who is also in the of, of Jackass fame, uh, which actually was my uh, my favorite of the Jackass fellers. Uh, well, he passed away, actually, over 12 years now, in 2011, in a car accident. And uh, ever since he passed away, I would... I would, I really think that took a tremendous toll on him. And he really has never recovered from his best friend uh, passing away and whatnot. But anyways, he is wife Nicole has filed for divorce, and hopefully Mr. Bam Margera is getting the help that he needs to recover from his mental health and addiction problems. Moving on into other celebrity news, some sadder news. Uh, this week, Bruce Willis has been diagnosed uh, with uh, frontotemporal dementia, according to his family. His uh, previous uh, diagnosis of aphasia. aphasia? Uh, apparently has progressed, has progressed now to, um, uh, which is called FTD, uh, according to a statement uh, from the family. It says, as Bruce's condition continues, 
We hope that any media attention can be focused on shining a light on this disease that needs far more awareness and research. Bruce always believed in using his voice in the world to help others and to raise awareness about important issues both publicly and privately. We know in our hearts that if he could today, he would want to respond by bringing global attention and connectionness with those who are dealing with this debilitating disease and how it impacts so many individuals and their family. So he recently, earlier, uh, which I covered, stepped away from acting uh, due to the diagnosis of aphasia, which made it difficult for him to uh, communicate and uh, comprehend language, uh, but is now progressing to this sort of uh, form of dementia, which is um, about apparently about 10% of all dementia is this specific type of uh, frontotemporal dementia, based on the frontal part of the brain, atrophies kind of withers away, causing a multitude of symptoms and problems uh, and whatnot. Uh, according to the Alzheimer's Association, FTD refers to a group of disorders caused by progressive nerve loss in the brain's frontal lobes, uh, the areas behind your forehead, or its temporal lobes, the regions behind your ears. Uh, the most common It's the most common form of dementia under 60. FTD is characterized by symptoms including uh, deterioration of behavior, personality, and or difficulty with producing or comprehending language and whatnot. Uh, the statement from uh, Willis's family continued, um, uh, Bruce has always found joy in life and has helped everyone he knows to do the same. It has meant the world to, to see that sense of care echoed back to him and to all of us. We have been so moved by the love you all shared for our dear husband, father, and friend during the difficult time. Your continued compassion, understanding, and respect will enable us to help Bruce live as full life as possible. Uh, there is no treatment for this uh, whatsoever. Um, it will continue to progress. Uh, after a diagnosis, the life expectancy under most conditions is about six to eight years after that. So, uh, some sad news. Uh, I, uh, I, what a, what a, what an awful, awful disease to deal with, to have to manage as a family member. So, uh, I think, uh, you should definitely, definitely, you should definitely watch a few Bruce Willis movies, uh, this weekend. Uh, none of his recent stuff, he's done like, did like 12 movies a year for the last four years, and people were kind of like, oh, why is he doing that so much? And it seemed like his family knew that, uh, perhaps he wasn't feeling as well, and there was kind of an issue going on here, so they did as many movies as possible to sort of make sure he could live comfortably and support his family. But uh, I think my two favorite Bruce Willis movies, and these are the 90s, um, obviously, you know, people will say Die Hard, you know. Uh, you know, The Jackal with Richard Gere, that's also a good movie. A young Jack Black is in that one. Um, let's see here, Striking Distance, which takes place in Pittsburgh. That's, uh, that's a good Bruce Willis movie. Uh, he was in a few Wes Anderson movies, at least one Wes Anderson movie and whatnot. But I think my two favorite ones, the first, Hudson Hawk, which you probably have not seen, but he plays a cat burglar. It's very campy. Got Sandra Bullock and Bullock, not Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bernhardt in it. Um, but my, I think my favorite underrated uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis movie of all time is, you guessed it, 
the fifth, the fifth, the fifth, the fifth element. Okay, it is a sci-fi movie from 1997. Uh, for 1997, amazingly well done in terms of graphics and, and, and whatnot. Uh, has Bruce Willis, mm -hmm. uh, Gary Oldman, mm -hmm. uh, as well as uh, the late Ian Holm, a young Mia Jovovich, uh, the amazing Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker is in that as well. Uh, also, also uh, Brian James. Some some faces you will know from many many movies of that um, of that time. Brian James, Tom Lister Jr., Lee Evans, just a whole slew of different people. I uh, I highly recommend checking in that movie. It is a amazing movie. I just it's just it's just amazing, just amazing. Um, but anyways, uh, Bruce Willis. This week, family announcing he is diagnosed with FTD, a form of dementia, um, but he's probably getting the best care possible and hopefully is living a very comfortable life with very close friends and family. My friends, if you don't know what to listen to this weekend, I have got you covered because every weekend here on AWSM Radio, we've got my pal DC, that's right. DC is uh, here three times a week. Friday nights at 9 p.m. It's DC Live in effect. The, our in-house DJ, DC, will, will, will smash it on the ones and twos, kicking the beats from his South Florida compound every week. And then on Saturdays, it's, uh, of course, DC House Party Saturday, uh, Saturdays. DC brings his freestyling DJ into the max. House Party Saturdays gives you all the Miami vibe without actually having to go down to awful Florida. From the top clubs to the bars, DC will bring the party to you. That's Saturdays at 10 p.m. And then just to wrap it up, it's DC live in effect again Sundays at 10 p.m. So just to recap, uh, Fridays at 9, DC live in effect. Saturdays at 10, DC house party Saturdays. And then Sundays at 10 p.m., DC live in effect again. Once again, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Now for some more celebrity news. Ryan Seacrest, Seacrest out. Ryan Seacrest is leaving live with Kelly Ripa, uh, who he replaced um, um, Michael Strahan, who uh, was on there for a bit. But uh, uh, he is now leaving. He is leaving in... Uh, Kelly Ripa's new partner on the show will be her husband, Mark Constellosis, who is an actor whose name uh, does not ring a bell. Who is Mark Constellosis? Uh, oh, he's on he's on ABC's All My Children and also on the CW drama Riverdale. That's that's right. Of course, of course. How how did I not know that? Well, anyways, uh, Ryan Seacrest is, is leaving. He made the announcement this week. Um, he signed on in 2017, um, but uh, he was there for longer than that. Um, he wrote on Instagram, I'm going to miss my work wife and all the laughters we share. When I signed on to host live in 2017, it was meant to be for three years, but I love the job and working with Kelly so much that I extended my time and last year, I made the decision to stay on for one more final season. Uh, then he added he'll be transitioning out of the role in the spring as he goes to shoot for the 21st season, 21 seasons, that's right, my friends, of American Idol 
in Los Angeles. Uh, he'll continue his radio show on KISS, uh, K-I-I-S-F-M, and the Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Roll Eve. And he also plans to open three more Ryan Seacrest Foundation Studios in pediatric hospitals across the United States and whatnot. Uh, so he, he, is a, he is a busy, busy guy. So the, the Live with Kelly films in New York, but he actually lives in Los Angeles and does a lot of filming in Los Angeles, so quite a bit of a trip back and forth and whatnot. Um, Kelly Ripa has been the co-host of Live since 2001 and praised uh, him after his announcement of the sh on the show. Uh, she said, The greatest part of the experience has been you've gone from being a friend to a family member. You are family to us. Uh, she then shared a photo of herself with her husband and Seacrest on Instagram. Congratulations, Ryan Seacrest. I'm surviving six witchers in New York. I'm proud of you and I'm forever in your corner. And uh, someone else, welcome home. Or be congratulated to phase this. Oh, it's probably, she tagged her husband in the Instagram post. And uh, welcome home or to the contractual ovulation phase of our relationship. Um, Constello Sos has regularly guest hosted live and is a fan favorite. Uh, those two have been married since 1996 and they have three children. So they've uh, been married for over 25 years. Well, congratulations to them. So once again, Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest out. He is out of live this spring and head back to Los Angeles uh, where he will still be everywhere, including New Year's Eve. Thanks up, my friends. Uh, have you ever been slapped? Hmm? Do you know someone who slaps other people? Do you know somebody who slaps other people so well they should do it professionally? Well, if you do, well, you're in luck because there is a professional slap leg. I'll, I will repeat myself on that because I had to read it twice. Yes, there is a slap fight leg. Now, the question is, what is a slap? Well, that's something that had to be answered because if it's going to be a regulated fight, there needs to be rules. And the Nevada Gaming Commission uh, wanted <laughs> the Nevada Athletic Commission, which regulates boxing matches in Nevada, wanted uh, some a bit more definition of what a legal slap is. Pass yourself, oh my goodness, who would fund a slap leg? Well, UFC President Dana Whitewood, of course. Yes, that's right. The guy from UFC is sponsoring or running the professional slap league. That's right. Called the Power Slap League. Power Slap League. So, what... <laughs> so, uh, what constitutes a legal slap? Uh, open, open hands, no fist, open hand slap. And it has to be above the chin across the face. Um, so, uh, according to Anthony Marnell III, the chairman of the commission who regulates boxing and other combat sports, says, so, these guys want to get serious about the sport, and it sounds like they do. It sounds like they want to evolve the rules. We as a commission need to keep up with them at lightning speed on how we're going to review this, and we have a process for it because there's going to be controversy. Uh, they want it to be regulated because they don't want there to be unsanctioned slap fights or, or slap matches, I guess. I guess uh, There are many 
concerns with this, as many competitors are exhibiting concussion-like symptoms, raising safety concerns about the um, the league. So, Rezov, what is a professional slap fight? Well, two folks stand across from each other and keep slapping each other until one of them bows out, passes out, gets knocked out. I don't know. I've seen a few highlights, but there's folks behind them to catch the folks uh, who get slapped so hard that they get the air knocked out of them or get knocked out, I guess. So, yeah. So, uh, Power Slap President Frank LaMessia told the commission Wednesday that there have been no major injuries among the 25 matches the commission has approved. Uh, any slap that does not meet the criteria will result in disqualification, and every strike is subject to video review. So they're taking they're taking it seriously. Uh, a review official will have the final say over if someone is disqualified. Now, Marnell continued, uh, I think we have to take this sport, whether you like it or not, just as serious as we take the 20 million or 100 million boxing match that we're responsible for. We need a process for this because the way I see it going, and I haven't been to one yet in person, uh, but watching this, you're going to be reviewing every single slap, the clamp down on the carpal bone, hitting the cheek first, has got to be zero tolerance. It's over at that point. Uh, he said the league is using the same replay equipment in UFC. Uh, we've taken the MMA rules and adjusted them adjusted for the slap, and it is evolving and will be evolving even more. So, there's that. Uh, there's apparently a reality TV show about this, of folks uh, getting together, living in a house, and competing in these slap fights. Um, you're like, what's the type of person who would enter a slap league? Well, whatever you're imagining, you're probably right. Not exactly brain trusts or the cream of the crop of society in general. Uh, yeah. Big, mean, temper-induced dudes slapping each other. So, uh, I guess, hey, best in the regulated arena than some bar in a college town, I guess. So, if you like slapping, big big guys slapping each other, check out the Power Slap League. Apparently, there's going to be some matches in March that were just March 9th. Ah, uh, yes. The commission approved upcoming Power Slap events March 9th and March 11th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. The UFC Apex plans to install a 1,000-seat arena, according to the Los Angeles... Uh, Las Vegas Review Journal. So, um... Hey, if you're in Vegas, come March. Check out the Power Slap League. I'm more than happy to cover it if uh, AWSM Radio wants to send me out there. I'd be more than happy to cover an interview at just beyond arm's length of these quote-unquote competitors. We now move to politics where longtime California Senator Dianne Feinstein announced this week that she is not, she is not running for re-election in 2024. Uh, she is 89 years old and is the oldest sitting member of Congress uh, and senator. Uh, she has been in office since 1992 as the senator from California. Uh, she, by tradition, by tradition, would serve as Senate uh, President Pro Tempore, uh, being the oldest member of uh, the Senate. 
uh, of a political party controlling said um, uh, said chamber is the Senate, the president pro tempore. Uh, but she declined this position, and that went to Patty Murray instead. Um, this is mostly because widespread reports that her, because of her age, she has suffered some mental decline. Uh, last uh, last year or so, people were wondering whether she was still mentally fit for office. She um, uh, she continues to say that she is and whatnot, um, but it seemed like she was going to be retiring from the Senate. She had raised almost no money in the last uh, few quarters for her re-election uh, campaign, like maybe a few thousand dollars, which is, you know, you need millions and millions and millions uh, to run for Senate in uh, California. Uh, and then this week announced uh, via statement that she was not uh, running for re-election in 2024. And then later that day, uh, she said um, uh, she said she had someone asked her how she feels about retiring, and she says, "Oh, I haven't made an announcement yet." And an aide said, "Actually, we did put a statement out uh, earlier about that." And she said, "Oh, we did. When did we do that?" So, you know, uh, I think I think it's time for her to time time for her to 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 move on. She there is some question whether she can actually. Uh, uh, finish her term, but we shall see. Uh, but uh, she is uh, a bit uh, for trivia there. She has received the most popular votes of any U.S. Senate in uh, in history. So she has received the most votes as a senator. Uh, in 2012, she received the most votes in an election for a senator in U.S. history. 7.86 million. That's, that is... That is a lot. That is a lot. Now, uh, for those who may not know, uh, she is from the San Francisco area. Uh, she was on the Board of Supervisors, first elected in 1969. Uh, she became mayor of San Francisco after the assassination of Mayor George Moscone and Harvey Milk, who was shot and killed by uh, former supervisor Dan White. Uh, they made a movie out of that called Milk and whatnot. Uh, he... Uh, Dan White used, quote-unquote, the Twinkie defense, saying he had consumed way too much uh, way too much uh, sugar and was not in the right state of mind. So, mm, we'll see. But uh, anyway, he, he died years later. But anyways, uh, if you look on YouTube, uh, she's the one who had to announce to the press that both the mayor and Harvey Milk had been shot and killed and that Supervisor Dan White was the person who had done it. She actually passed him and heard the gunshots on that day in 1978. And so quite, it was quite the quite the uh, crime of the decade. There, there was a lot of uh, it was a lot going on there. Uh, she ran for governor in 1990. Uh, she uh, became the Democratic uh, nomination, uh, but lost the general election to Pete Wilson. Um, who resigned from Senate to become governor, uh, but then she ran for Senate and became senator in 1992. So, there you go. There you go, which was interesting. Uh, at that time, California was a very Republican state in the 80s, uh, being won handedly by Ronald Reagan in uh, 1980, 1984, George Bush in 1988, and then, um, I believe the first time um, it 
voted for uh, a Democrat was in 1992 uh, for uh, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton mm-hmm. in, in 19, uh, 1992, which um, I believe, and, and I think that was, that was the first year. That was the first year. And then um, I don't, I'm, pretty, I'm almost 100% positive they, uh, it has not uh, voted for another Republican since 1988. So she uh, became senator right around the time where California became uh, much more blue. Now it's very blue. But anyways, uh, Diane Feinstein, she is uh, she is retiring at the end of this year. Already there is a ton, a ton of people interested in becoming the next senator uh, from California. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, also, also uh, a senator from um uh, California before she became a uh, vice president, why not? Uh, some big names looking to enter include uh, Adam Schiff, I believe, uh, Katie Porter, who uh, is very well known for her um, whiteboard discussions. Uh, she brings a big old whiteboard when there is a uh, she wants to prove a point. So she's she's she is uh, she is very uh, very very talented and whatnot. Uh, so, also filing is Barbara Lee from the 12th Congressional District. Uh, potentially, other interests include uh, Ro Khanna, Xavier uh, Barsetta, London Breed, Lou Corolla, Eileen Kowalski, Gavin Newsom, who is the current governor, Libby Schaff, or not. Several Republicans uh, are going to run, but they probably aren't going to stand much of a chance. California has an open primary system. Whereas uh, the two top vote getters go to the general election, and then people pick between them, and so uh, if the two top vote getters are Democratic, then those are the two choices California gets. It's a terrible system. We should all adopt the Alaskan primary system. Anyways, Diane Feinstein, senator from California, is not running in twenty twenty four at eighty nine years old. Uh, long history of uh, doing good things. I think she's a good person, but. Definitely time for her to move on. Now, someone who should move on is my friend Rox. Yes, Rox. She's our drive time show host here, making sure your evening commute home is fun. Uh, the Rock Sessions. It is featuring the hottest music on the charts and some other surprises in between. This show will make you rock, rock style. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. here. Only on AWSM Radio. Check out the rock sessions. Tell her Colt Sebastian Taylor sent you. Uh, you won't get anything. It'll be funny. If she says, please stop saying that. Next, my friends, we move on to crime. Yes, that's right. Crime. Crime. Now, we all know that prices are high for various things, including milk. Eggs. Egg prices are skyrocketing. Up 80%. 8% this year. Now, before you go blaming a politician for it, uh, it's bird flu. Sorry, it's bird flu, folks. Bird flu is ravaging chicken populations around the world, and that's why eggs are expensive. But there was also a theft this week. man has been charged because he got caught. He stole 200,000 eggs in a tractor trailer. 200,000 Cream eggs. Chocolate Cadbury style cream eggs. Yes, he decided, I don't know why, decided to steal a trailer, 
a trailer trailer load of cream eggs, the Cadbury cream eggs you get for Easter, those chocolate sweets. Uh, they he he stole them. He stole them. Uh, apparently, uh, Jobby Pool, his name is Jobby Pool, was arrested in connection with an incident last weekend, which involved over forty thousand pounds. Worth, I guess this was in uh, the United Kingdom. Yeah, this was in the United Kingdom. So 40,000 40, pounds of uh, that's what the worth pounds to. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look this up right. I wanna know how much that is in dollars. Forty-eight thousand dollars worth of Cadbury cream eggs. Um, in a series of tweets, the West Mercer uh, police said that eggs trafficking theft. Ugh, uh, unfolded in Stratford Park in Telford, Shropshire, Shropshire. Uh, a number of other chocolate varieties were also stolen uh, shortly after the theft of a vehicle, presumably purporting to be the Easter Bunny, was stopped northbound on M42 when a man was arrested on the suspicion of theft. Uh, he has he is facing two charges of theft and one of criminal damage after a chain lock was also broken and whatnot. Uh, the Shot Fire Rescue Services Market uh, Drayton Station replied to the news the hall had been recovered, telling police, excellent work for all involved. Ugh, I feel dirty reading all these egg puns. But basically, this guy stole about $48,000 the cream eggs, did not get very far. Um, police had a little bit of fun with their statements and whatnot. So, hey, don't egg on any additional egg-related crimes, my friends. Otherwise, the Easter Bunny will come for you. He uh, will. He will. Moving along, my friends, to technology. Uh, listen, I am uh, old. I'm a wee bit old. I'm a wee bit old. I remember the days of dial-up internet where you have to call a phone number, wait till it connected, there's lots of noises, and then you connect it to the internet. And you would use a web browser to explore the interwebs. And one of the first, most popular ones was Internet Explorer from Microsoft. That's right. I.E. Internet Explorer, uh, a, a, a web browser that I used well into past the turn of the century uh, and up, up for quite a while. Well... Microsoft this week on Valentine's Day announced it was permanently disabling Internet Explorer on consumer versions of Windows 10, which is still out there. It is no longer supporting Internet Explorer. Now, they have a new web browser called Microsoft Edge, which is sort of the replacement for it. But a lot of people kept using Internet Explorer, and they kept putting updates out, and they finally said, listen, we're not supporting this anymore. So, you know, you need to you need to do something else. Uh, it uh, had shuttered the functionality for an Explorer on Windows 11 uh, last year on June 15th. But older versions of Windows, Windows 10, still let it go on for a little bit longer. But it put up its final update this week. And then it is no longer a functioning browser in most cases. There are some... Some exceptions, uh, including Microsoft's long-term servicing channel for Windows 10 and versions such as Windows 10 China Government Edition, which I didn't know they did that, but that's probably what they do, 
other than that, other than that, um, it will no longer work. Uh, after the update this week, uh, when you attempt to open Internet Explorer, it will not launch. It also uh, wipes all Internet Explorer 11 dependent applications from various uh, Windows 10 systems. Uh, they say uh, administrators and IT managers who have already taken actions to disable uh, Internet Explorer and update to Edge prior to February 14th do not have to do anything. Uh, however, there is another update uh, set for June 2023, which is in a few months, which will remove all visual references, including icons from the Windows 10 start menu and taskbar. Now, it has been a... Uh, this is, this is the end of an eight-year process of letting go of Internet Explorer uh, and moving over to Microsoft Edge. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, even, even in Microsoft Edge, you can reload in Internet Explorer mode and it'll sort of give you the same experience of Internet Explorer visually based on legacy um, buttons and whatnot. Uh, but now Internet Explorer just will not work. Now, some websites have not updated and only work in Explorer need to update or no one will be able to uh, run it anymore. Run it anymore. Um, but uh, Microsoft plans to have the, uh, the ability to run legacy scripts and legacy programs that only work in Internet Explorer. They plan to keep this function through at least 2029, and hopefully by then, anyone still using this old technology will move on to a new one. So, uh, do I understand what I'm talking about here? Not really. I'm not really a web browser expert. I use Google Chrome. Uh, there's many different uh, browsers out there. You, know, you got your Chrome, you got your DuckDuckGo, you got your Firefox, you got your Safari. Um, there is, there's, quite, there's quite a few different ones out there. But uh, anyways, Internet Explorer, final curtain call, no longer working. It's Edge, Chrome, or Firefox, and a few others. Friends, if you need a sports fix, there's no better place than Wednesday nights here on AWSM Radio because at Wednesdays at 9 p.m., it's To The Rack With Mac. To the Rack with Max is your go-to spot for all things basketball. Join NBA expert Mac Daddy as he brings you a full hour of high-flying hoops expertise. For all things NBA, tune in Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. for To the Rack with Mac. And then at 10 p.m., it's What's Going On. What's Going On is our Fox Sports affiliate show providing listeners with over 150 combined years of sports knowledge Hosted by Nate Brown and his crew, they have been a staple of Western New York sports for the past two years, and now they're national, and we have them Wednesdays at 10 p.m. So, it's To the Rack with Mac, Wednesdays at 9. What's going on? Wednesdays at 10. Only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. And that just about wraps up this week's Sorry Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, on the Cameo, on the Counter Social at Colt S. Taylor, as well as twitch.tv slash Colt S. Taylor for occasional live broadcasts. And of course, ColtSebastianTaylor.com 
And then the podcast version of this show is at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. All right, my friends, until next time, I'm Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later. And once again, my friends, thank you for joining me here on the podcast version of the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, on AWSM Radio. Once again, check out, check out uh, Crayola, the link below, as well as Social B for all of your social media posting needs. So crayons, social media, the be- two things I think everyone needs. So check out those link- links below. And we'll see you next week on the podcast version of the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor on AWSM Radio.